Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. This is going to be something I'll remember. And that's a really lovely thing. I don't think I was able to do that in the past. And James Bay. Don't you agree that everybody needs someone when they feel alone? Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash UK. Welcome to the show. Vassos is here. Hello. Sinead's here. Hello. Rachel's not here. Wimbledon's here. Tell us about Wimbledon, Vassos. Oh, Wimbledon starts today. We have Novak Djokovic as the defending men's champion. Opening proceedings, as always, on centre court um, against Pedro Cachin of Argentina. We've also got, uh, I guess, Swantec, the women's world number one in action on court one. Venus Williams is playing as are a couple of Brits, Dan Evans and Katie Swan on court two. Good day to get caught two tickets today. Andy Murray is playing tomorrow, but I just wanted to um, read you this from Novak Djokovic, an interview, sort of pre-Wimbledon interview he was giving. One of the biggest lessons I've learned about mental strength in matches, and let's face it, there's no one stronger in a match than, you know, Robo Novak, who just doesn't seem to get flustered. If you lose your focus, if you're not in the present and things have started to go the wrong way for you, that's fine. Just accept it and then come back. I think that recovery or how long you stay in that negative emotion is what differentiates you from other players. Well said, Novak. Do you think that's what's in that drink that was snuck onto court? Have you seen the clip? No. Have you not seen it? No. Oh, you've got to see this clip. So somebody's filming his um, his team and he's on court and um, one of his team then gets a bottle of something and starts to put something in the bottle and then another member of his team sees that somebody's filming them, just filming them, yeah. and then um, this whole sort of human shield <laughs> is arranged around the goings-on uh, so nobody can really see what is happening and then the bottle is taken onto court and that's maybe that's what's in it. Those words were in mm. it. That's what yeah. he was putting... <laughs> You've not seen the clip? No. It's an extraordinary clip. Um, and it's from... Where's it from? I think it's like last, the French Open or something. I can't remember. Um, but check it out. It's Don't on Instagram. It. Check it out. It's on Instagram. My favourite Wimbledon story so far... And I don't love Wimbledon, but I do like Wimbledon. Wimbledon to serve up bigger strawberries for the same price. So, A, they're only 250 a punnet to start with. Ah, that is amazing. It is amazing. That's it's amazing. really amazing. But here, it gets better. The story gets better. Well done, Wimbledon. Because due to the um, rain and the sun, so we've had lots of rain and lots of sun, our strawberries are bigger, and they only use UK strawberries in Wimbledon. Lovely. Right? And so they're much bigger. So they always have the same number of strawberries in. They have 10 per punnet. But this year, those 10 represent much more, more bang for your buck because they're much bigger and there's, there's more going on. So they could have said, well, you know, we're not going to put the prices up, but we're going to leave the weight the same. So the average weight of 10 strawberries over the last 10 years has been blah. And this year, because of um, 
extraordinary weather conditions, that's seven or eight strawberries. But they've said, no, no, we'll still put the 10 in. So not only are they not putting the prices up and £2.50 for a pint of strawberries at a, an event like that is great value anyway, you're getting even more. It's just a brilliant PR story, isn't it? Can I just very quickly, when we did the show from Wimbledon, we got yes. the best strawberry tip of all time. Don't refrigerate your strawberries before serving them because it takes away a lot of the flavour. Totally. But it's the same with most most anything. You know, if I get... If Tash makes a lovely smoothie for me um, and she puts it in the fridge so it stays fresh. But if I take it out of the fridge and drink it straight away, it's nowhere near as tasty if I leave it as if I leave it for like an hour or two, which is, is the thing. Um, great joke over the weekend. One of the great, one of the great jokes. You ready for this? Yeah. It's great. Joke. Nothing to do with Wimbledon. Is that all right? No, yeah. fine. Yeah, okay. yeah. So um, there were these five ants, right? And these five ants, you know, they were looking for an apartment. And then there were another five ants. They had an apartment. And so the first five ants moved in with the um, second five ants and they became tenants. <laughs> it's a great joke, isn't it? That is good. Yeah. I liked it as a joke. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it as a joke. Can't believe this cricket story. I didn't see it. I tuned in yesterday. I thought the cricket's probably over, but I'll see what happened. And it was still going on because of Ben Stokes' heroic 155 innings at Lords on the final day of the second test. And then I wake up this morning because I didn't. They didn't mention the Bearstow thing on the telly yesterday. Not whilst I was watching anyway, because it was all too exciting. Because we sort of still had a chance at the death. We'd had more of a chance had what's all over the papers today not happened. Front page of the Telegraph, underhand dismissal. Spirit of cricket reduced to ashes on the back page of the Express. Disgrace, back page of the Mail. The Sun, shame old Aussies, Ben Blast after stumping row. The Times, I wouldn't want to win like that. I'm thinking, was it a dodgy decision? What was it, a catch that was put down? Or what happened? Oh, it's a stumping. Right, what happened then? Was he not? Was he? Was he? Was he in his crease? Did the ref call it wrong? Did the video not show up what actually happened? And then you See, what happened? It's te- what happened was terrible. It was terrible. Terrible. Basically, Johnny Bairstow faces a delivery. Um, he leaves it or misses it, goes to the wicketkeeper. You know, that ball is over. That is, that is, uh, that ball is, you know, that's done and dusted, that ball, so you wait for the next ball. So he walks up, it's creased to tap down the pitch, which is what you do all the time. It happens all the time in every single minute of cricket throughout the world. And the Aussie wicketkeeper just stumps the stumps him out. Says, well, throws the ball at the stumps, and the umpire says, "Well, that's out." Says, well, no, that's not that's not out. That is not out. A, they shouldn't have done it. B, it's not out. What the heck was going on there? It was uh, it was extraordinary. I was. Um... It was extraordinary on so many levels. And Pat Cummins, mm. for me. I'm thinking Pat Cummins should have just said, oh, yeah, that was fun. that's fun. that's a good joke. Yeah. You Johnny, can call you can call him back. Johnny you, yeah, you Johnny, know. be careful. That was a jo- that was us joking. That was us winding you up. Um and you know, it's a bit of sledging and now that we've wound you up, you're more likely to be our next ball. I, that's all fine. I think that's all fine and fun and you know. And I was thinking because I like Pat Cummings. Well, I thought I liked Pat Cummings. In all the pictures, Pat Cummings is running towards the wicket keep going, yeah, like like it's the greatest wicket of all time. It's like no, no, none of this is right. I don't like this at all. And I was really engaged with the Ashes. It makes me not want to watch the Ashes. Yeah, I feel a, a bit the same. I saw. I mean, that... I will be watching every single ball for the rest of the Ashes <laughs> now. Officially, Besto was uh, run out. So that's. I mean, I got, I got a notification. I got a, a, a thing on my phone. Besto's been run out. I thought not oh, stumped. Be- then. Besto 
What have you been run out for? Yeah. You've got you've, you you are our last best hope of winning this miraculous test match. And you and Stokes, you know, you you it was it was on the cards. And what what have you got yourself run out for? And then I saw what had happened. I thought, oh no, no, it's not best at all. It's the Aussies doing doing this. It's just. It's so far away from how you would want to win. And that's what Ben Stokes said. You know, look, if the Aussies win the Ashes, to be honest, fine. You know, if you want to win like that. But it's sort of set up. This is now set up for, this is the springboard for England to win the next three tests. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I think it is. The next one starts at Headingley on Thursday of this week. I didn't realise that um, the umpires started to walk to their next over positions Mm. because even they thought it was a joke. Yeah. I don't think anyone had called over. So, I mean, technically, technically, well, by technically, the laws of cricket. Technically, yeah, exactly. Who cares? Incredible. It Incredible. was it, it, asto- astonishing. All the drama, the Ashes always serves up, never disappoints. Sinead looks vaguely interested. No, I am. I just, no, I am. I just suddenly caught a view of the uh, skyline and that just yeah, took my breath that. away. Oh, let's go with that. Let's no, move indeed, on. It let's just move took my on. breath away. It's gorgeous. Yeah, move on. <laughs> move on from all that cricket nonsense. Wimbledon today. I don't love it, but I like it. Maria Luton, my Cincy of the Weekend, was receiving my car from Cinch on Saturday and buying tickets for Carfest for my husband's 50th birthday. Yes! Good! I'm so pleased. Carfest is going to be awesome. It is. Honestly, the vibe from the team is like never before. Carfest.org for tickets. Come join us one and all. August 25th, 26th, 27th. And in Coventry, my cinches the weekend. We're watching the Women's Ashes IT20 Edgebaston on Saturday and watching Arnold on Netflix on Sunday. Thanks for the recommendation. Where are you up to with Arnold? Where are you up to? It's great. Stacey in West Sussex says my cinch of the weekend was helping pull off a fantastic presentation evening, honouring 270 children that played football for Lansing Rangers this season. Lots of awards and smiling children, all run by an amazing team of volunteer coaches and committee members, which is good. Annabelle, my weekend cinch was watching my brother Tom with Iron Man, sorry, win Iron Man UK yesterday. What, the whole thing? Wow, that's amazing. Sue in West Sussex, have a beat for that. In fact, have another one. What the heck? Have a third. He just won Iron Man. The whole UK thing. Sue in West Sussex says, My essential of the weekend was going to the Love Supreme Jazz Soul and Funk Festival in Glyne, taking care of business. I went with my gorgeous friends, Sarah and Mirna, and we danced to Shalimar like no one was watching. I felt 13 years old again. It's brilliant. JB and Chrissy and the Cherubs. Our cinches of the week. We're taking our daughter to her first overnight camp with Brand. He's taking our son to his first air tattoo and managing to sneak in a couple of hours on Sunday afternoon at our local music festival. See you at Carfa. See you there. That sounds like a great weekend. Lulu of the Valleys. My cinch of the weekend was getting tickets for Carfa. Seriously, <laughs> we've not asked for these. This is good, man. And I really appreciate it. I've wanted to go since it started. Well, please do. Well, you are coming. Everybody else come. It's our first ever one big car fest. Honestly, it's going to be off the chain. I've saved enough to get premium tickets and I didn't overthink it and just went ahead and bought them. I'm so blessed that my best friend Queenie will be coming with me. Yeah, overthinking things are not overthinking things. And what does that even mean? You know, because you can think about things with different parts of your body. I don't do anything ever anymore unless it's a hell yeah or I sort of have to it's a whole body hell yeah if it's not a whole body hell yeah it just ain't happening my friend on Saturday he came round and he said can I talk to you about something I said sure he says "Um, I'm thinking about running for public office what do you reckon (laughs) 
I said, you haven't been watching the Arnold documentary, have you? He said, funny enough, I have. <laughs> <laughs> it's pushing a lot of people over the edge, that documentary. Uh, it's an interesting conversation. So then I talked to another friend of mine who has run successfully for public office. I said, what do you think? He said, that's super interesting. He said, he's got to, he's got to go for it. He said he has zero chance of winning, but my goodness, it's going to be a ride. So I think he's going to do it. Oh, wow. wow. Interesting, isn't it? Even it, though he thinks he has zero... Does he know he has zero chance of winning? No, nobody knows anything. But mm. no, my other friend says that he thinks... in. I said, zero? And he went, mm, maybe not zero. <laughs> hey, this is already great. It's already good fun. So Julie from Stockport says, I too like watching Berrettini and sometimes... His tennis. <laughs> Tell me about your mum and Berrettini, please. She loves him. She, she loves, loves him. him. Yeah. I was trying to get her to do a little shout out to try and get uh, <laughs> tennis tickets for Wimbledon. Um, and one of her reasons to go is she wants to see the top European players, but she just means yeah. the Italian. Mum, you just mean Berrettini. Just, yeah. I mean, look at no, his all. No, it's all the top European players now. Oh, I like his skilly Got to get him up the road now, you know. <laughs> But um, so I've I've looked here at the uh, top um, ten best looking tennis players of all time. Do you Ooh, want to come over here? Yes, I do. So at number ten, Alexander Zverev. 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 Zverev yeah. Okay, he's quite James Bondy. Yeah. Quite clean I, cut. I wouldn't. He wouldn't be in my top ten. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, the thing about Probably your thing about <laughs> your mum's Beau Berrettini. Yeah. I mean, he's don't get me wrong. He's like a million times, a million times, a million times more handsome than I'll ever be. But. He's 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 more like he's quite CrossFit Insta good looking. I think that's her vibe. But he's not as, he's not exceptional, is he? Uh, I think he's that sort of like gorgeous, you know, dark hair, dark eyes. Classic, yeah, classic Mediterranean. Yeah, exactly. come back in. Dominic Thiem, yes. and number nine. Defo. Yeah, yeah. He's a bit more sort of. Um, he a bit, he's a bit like um, emo, isn't he? I quite like him. You know, he looks a bit moody. Yeah, okay. Like that, yeah. Uh, number eight, oh, Maxime Cressy. Now he looks like a load of fun. Oh. Yeah. yeah, we'd have a good time together. By the way, I he, I've looked at the top ten. He's my favourite. He's your favourite. Look at that hair. He just looks oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, his name is Maxime Cressy, everyone. Oh God, oh. What, have I, what have I done there? <laughs> oh, I've done something that I didn't know. I just. No, uh, oh, you need to go. There's a little. Why is Shannon Tatum popped up? <laughs> oh, you need to go back. Okay, go back. Go back. Shannon Tatum's not a tennis player, is he? Well, he wasn't the last time we looked. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Where where were we? Big All right, so, so Taylor Fritz. Um, so he's at number seven. Well, they're not showing his face, they're just showing his body. So that's all you so need, though. Look at his body. I mean, seriously, that's not fair on the rest of us. Uh, number six, Lorenzo Musetti. Um, bit classic, bit try hard. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, he wouldn't be six. Mm. You know, do you know him? I don't. Okay. Uh, number five, Grigor Dimitrov. Oh, yeah. Yes. He's cool. He's a dude. I want to hang out with him. Yeah. How much fun would he be? He's all the fun. He's a bit Jake Johnson -y, isn't he? He used to go out with his... Nicole Scherzinger. I bet he did. She's yeah. just got engaged to my cousin. Yes. Mm. Number four, Matteo Berrettini. So he's in at number four. He's... But look how lovely he is. No, he's lovely. I mean, he's the sort of person, he's like, lovely. I think my mum likes him. Is he any good at tennis? Yeah, he's really. He's is he good? He won Queens. Okay. Not this year, two years ago. Well, so he was good at tennis. <laughs> no, I once won the um, Dunhill Cup properly on the yes, telly. He did at golf. I'm no longer that good at golf. Number three, Tommy Paul. Yeah, he looks. Who's like Tommy Paul? Do we know? He's an American. He looks. Thomas like Tommy Paul, born May 17, 1997. Oh my goodness. Born in 1997. Shouldn't be allowed. He's an American professional tennis player. Paul has a career high of ATP singles ranking. World number 41. 
Okay, number two, best looking, Borna Borna Koric. Yeah. Who's he? Do you know him? Borna Koric is. You're just um, reading. I can read Google. Can you tell me anything about him? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about. Borna okay, so Koric. no, you don't no. know. And number one, Casper Rudd. Oh really? Player? I don't know about Casper. I watched him at Queens a couple of weeks ago. I... He had he had one fan in the crowd who kept on who kept on going. Come on, Casper. I think Casper is really because he was up against um, uh, Djokovic in the French Open, Open final, final or semi final, mm, final, final. I thought Kasparud, he's really yeah. good. I thought I thought I like. I actually I, thought he was good looking. I, I, like I thought him. he was effortlessly good looking. I thought he's more West Coast sort of surf kind of mm. vibe, good looking. Like that. Then sort of Norwegian. Yeah. There was a there was a player from Spain called mm-hmm. Feliciano Lopez. Yes. Who um, Andy Murray's mum Judy, who we know and love loads, used to really like, and uh, and she's, she used to hope that Andy what was didn't his have name to again? play him. He was called Feliciano Lopez, and Judy called him Deliciano Lopez. Yeah, I like that. I like Judy. <laughs> and my mum copied her. <laughs> Oh, well, let's have a look at him then. I'm not seeing him. What's his name again? Feliciano he, Lopez. He looks like a Disney prince. Feliciano Lopez. Images. Oh, good God. Oh, he's, he's far too nice for a human being. Yeah. Isn't he? Disney. Good headband as well. Rocks a headband. So much Wimbledon chat going on here <laughs> off the air. we just got to throw it all on the air. <laughs> but also none of it about the tennis. <laughs> no, of course not. No. Because the tennis is the schmenish tennis. Tennis the tennis. <laughs> tennis the menace. Tennis is ve- tennis is vaguely interesting to watch sometimes, depending on who's playing. It also hasn't started yet, the tennis. No, the thing is, when somebody... The thing is with tennis... By the way, it's great. I don't love tennis, but I like it. If somebody is indomitably better than somebody else and they've just served against me, you think, well, this is, this is a done deal after the first mm. point, but we now have to sit uh, uh, through, uh, through an hour of it. Or two or three or four No, or no, because it's two or three or four or five. It's not a done thing. Mm. That's the opposite of what I'm saying. OK, yeah, you're right. Uh, well, an hour is a pretty quick match, though, for especially for the <laughs> That's what I'm saying. best and of five sets. I know, I know it is. I know, mm. this is all what I'm saying. Um, so, uh, Felix is on the on the bus. I think I've found the winner of Come the, on, tell us, tell uh, us. Tell British us. player called Jack Draper. Jack Draper, let's have a look at he Jack. Is, he's oh, very beautiful. Jack for Bond. <laughs> He's, you know, you look up a tennis is, player. Is he any good at tennis? Well, I don't know. I, I, I've Does seen, it matter? It, <laughs> most of the pictures aren't of him playing tennis when you look him up. I'll just say that. <laughs> He's absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> uh, you have more stories about um, tennis. Well, Caroline, my, my wife, yes. um, I once was taking her round the Albert Hall where they do the Legends event. You know, yeah. John McEnroe and, and Mark Philippoussis, who uh, a couple of times reached the final of Wimbledon. And... Um, I was I was talking to, to Mark because I know him a bit and uh, and and he was telling me about his new clothing Can line. Can I just say when you said this off the air, Sinead just chimed in, oh, for the boosters. Yeah. Yeah. So I think an important point here before we go into it is he's widely regarded as one of the best looking tennis players. Best of looking all humans time. since um, yeah. the last 4.1 billion years. Yes. Yes. I think that's a crucial part of this story. He's Australian. My granny would have claimed him as Greek. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Really yeah. He is Greek. She claimed Sampras as Greek. Wow. Oh, Sampras, Sampras, you nearly us. Anyway, so Caroline meets him. He says, have a feel of the fabric of this clothing line that I'm bringing out. And so 
the normal thing to do, I would have thought, was to be to, 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 to touch the sleeve. Mm. Caroline, two hands straight to the chest. Yeah. Straight on the pecs. <laughs> straight on the pecs. It's the pecs appeal. And what was the other story you told? Well, then, uh, then he, and then Caroline came to Wimbledon to yes. come out, and I was commentating so with chat. Laura Robson. We got all the chat. And, and she texted me going, I'll be on court 18. So I check who's on court 18. Of course, it's Mark Philippoussis in, in the Legends match. So I say this story on air. And then Laura Robson, who's co-commentating with me in the commentary box on centre court, says, well, we once hired a house in Wimbledon and next door was Tommy Haas, the German player. Oh, yeah. And my mum was reversing out of the driveway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as Tommy Haas was in the driveway nice of the next Haas. door. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the driveway of the next door house, topless, and apparently Laura's mum crashed the car because yeah. <laughs> she wasn't in, looking back. Into the house. Yeah. <laughs> into the living room said, oh, I'm so sorry about yeah. that. Um, sorry. Oh, oh, hello. How are you? Were you changing? <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> so Jack Draper's the man. He's the one. Jack Draper's the bomb, man. Wimbledon is not underway, but it's all the fun. Isn't it? It's yeah. going to be lovely weather as well it for is. Wimbledon. And the best value strawberries at any event you'll ever come across. £2.50 still and bigger and better and juicier than ever. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and Adam, come on, things to do. Don't cheer, you'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them, no stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose, food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio. Okay, we have a great guest now. Uh, Not only is he dead clever, he's really nice, he's really profound, he's really articulate, um, he's done all the heavy lifting for us, but he's just returned from hiking in the mountains of Italy. So he is good to go. Vassos, off you go. Our next guest once held a human brain in his hand and he could well hold your brain's happiness in the pages of his book. One in 14 Swedes bought The Happiness <laughs> Cure, now out in English. So clap along if you feel like happiness is the truth because he's happy, because he's <laughs> Anders Hansen. All right, he's handsome as well. Handsome, Hanson. How are you? Fine, fine. Thank you, Glad Doctor. to be here. Welcome, welcome. How was your holiday? It was great. It was great. Yeah. I go there every year just to walk in the mountains. With so a these are ski slopes in the winter. It is. And hiking then, in the summer. Yeah, and it looks like sound of music when you yeah. go. Yeah, lots of people say you should go in the summer as well as the winter, if not instead of. Why do we feel so bad when we have it so good? Discuss, Anders. Well, that's a question that I have thought of my entire life. In, 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 my, in Sweden, one in Eight adults are on antidepressant medication, even though we never had it better than we have it now. And I realized that if you really want to understand this question, you have to start where it all starts, and that's the brain. 
where our emotions are, are created. And you have to understand, what you have to understand about the brain is that it, its primary goal is not to make us smart or to make us creative. It's to take us to tomorrow alive. <laughs> the best thing I never learned, the, the most important thing I never learned in med school was that the brain never evolved for happiness. It evolved for survival and reproduction and wants to keep you alive. And by doing so, for instance, it, it wants to alert you to danger yeah. because half of all humans died before they became teenagers. And that was the fact for 99.9% .9 of the time of, of our species time on the planet. And we are the descendants of the ones who did not die before they became teenagers, of course. And that means that we are the descendants of the ones who who survived what killed the humans in the past. And what was that? Well, that was infections, bleedings, accidents, and murder. And that means that we have defense mechanisms against these things. Yeah, you talk about the fact that because we're living longer than before, and almost longer than we're supposed to, we're around for longer for things to happen to us that otherwise wouldn't, like being depressed. And because we're overcomforted and overconvenienced and we don't have to hunt and gather as well, that's not good for us. The whole laziness thing is, and it's so interesting, you know, that we are inherently lazy and you explain to us why. Just speak to that for a second. Yeah, we are. Exercise is incredibly good for the body and for the brain, but at the same time, we're lazy. And why are we lazy? Well, that's because we died from starvation. We had to eat everything that we could find. And that's what we do. We, we continue to do to date, of course. And now when there's calories everywhere, we eat so much that we get type 2 diabetes. Yeah. But the amount of energy that we have available in our bodies is not just dependent on how much we eat. It's also in, dependent on how much, we, how much energy we use. And it costs energy to move. That's why we want to be lazy. It's so crazy, isn't it? Because obviously, not obviously, sorry, I apologise, but we, we try to keep fit on the show. And we talk about fitness a lot and we, we know the benefits of it. But it's, you're always pushing against the closed door. Um, it can become a habit. It does become a habit. But a couple of days off and you're struggling again. And we love exercising. Yes, exactly. And, and if you just know that it's natural to be lazy, if we could tell our ancestors that we run and then we come back to, back to the same place and then we lift heavy things into the air and put them down yeah, without crazy. achieving anything, they would say, you are nuts. Yeah. To do something like that must be as crazy as throwing food into the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or so, shouting at the weather. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so w this is a very strong instinct and it's an instinct that helped us survive in a world where we were threatened by starvation and where there were lots of danger. Yeah. And those instincts don't help us in a world of overabundance of safety. And, and so safety. before, a thousand years ago, we weren't being lazy. We were just resting because we know we knew we were going to have to expend some energy at some point. That was exactly. the difference, wasn't it? Yes. We're constantly preparing ourselves for a famine that never comes. And the, 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 the whole point of this is that the brain has not changed during, during the last 10,000 years yeah, yeah. or even 20,000 years. It's not fair, is it? It is. It isn't. <laughs> we are still hunters and gatherers. Yeah, it's so crazy. Your book is brilliant. This is a great book, everyone. Seriously, get it in your life. The Happiness Cure. Why are you not built for constant happiness? We are the survivors. Extinction is the rule. Survival is the exception. You know, there's loads of brilliant revelations um, like that in, in this book. Let's go to... I've marked so many pages up here. So a friend of mine says... Remember, Chris, feelings aren't facts, okay? Think about the facts. Don't get confused by the facts. But feelings are so overwhelming and prevalent because feelings are nature's nature's reason for us to do things, aren't they? So exactly. we have feelings to make us do things. Exactly. 
we have we experience hunger to take care of our our the need for energy we experience um boredom to make us do things we experience loneliness because we should take care of our social needs and so on but what's important to know, to understand is that half of all humans died before before they became teenagers and they did die, died from accidents and starvation and 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 bleedings and murders and so on and to see the world as dangerous was probably an advantage you had to be very be alert to danger and to see danger everywhere in our world is what we call anxiety yeah. And from this perspective, you realize that it's not strange that there are people who have anxiety. What is strange is that there are people who don't have anxiety. Yeah. Maybe they should be diagnosed. And when I tell this to my patients, that anxiety is natural and hell at the same time. And the fact that you are anxious does not show that you are broken. You are not damaged goods. Yeah. And for some, that is very relieving. You know, the way we conceptualize our feelings and our experiences are very important for how we experience ourselves, basically. Yeah. And it's about repurposing anxiety to our benefit. Exactly. And to, to say that this is natural, it will pass, uh, and it doesn't mean I'm broken. Yeah. I'm not damaged goods. Yeah. If it causes a lot of suffering for you, you should definitely seek help, because seeking help is a sign of strength, not of weakness. And so sometimes when, again, seemingly nothing is wrong at all, we might suffer from a panic attack. Um, your whole description of a panic attack, you know, um, various uh, levels of panic attacks and why they happen is amazing. Just speak to panic attacks for a second. Because I've had two panic attacks. I will never forget them. Can I, do you mind me telling yeah, you? Yeah, I, I had. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so our brain, is, as I said, has not changed during the last 10,000 years. And if you were out on the savannah and there's a rustle in the wind, yeah. you could you could think that, oh, that's probably nothing. Or you could think, oh, that's a lion. And then you run away the <laughs> fastest you can. If you run away and it turns out that it wasn't a lion, how much do you lose by that? Well, you lose 200 calories. That's what your body uses when you run away. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Something about that in that range. Wow. If, you, if there is a lion and you don't run away, well, what do you lose then? You lose 200,000 calories because that's what the lion will get when he eats you. Yeah. You lose your life. <laughs> so, so from good. this perspective, you realize that from a pure calorie perspective, the, bo the brain should accept 1,000 false alarms, not just to miss the one time. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, your life depended on it. And so I say that to my patient, that a panic attack is a false alarm that shows that your brain is functioning normally, basically. It's like the toaster when you in your kitchen. It's okay if, if, if uh, the, the fire alarm in your kitchen goes off from the toaster yeah. one or two times because it, can, it must go on when there is a fire. Yeah. And this uh, explaining to patients that panic attacks are false alarm, they show that you're functioning normally, that can in itself be healing to some patients. Yeah. I, I had a patient who said, okay, so... This basically shows I'm normal. And then the panic attacks <laughs> came less often. Uh, so, so there's so much power, I think, in learning about this and learning how you function under the hood. Yeah, I mean, you've written this book and other books as well. Um, 
the, the you like the Japanese fact, don't you, about the book Sinead? About your other yeah, book. so another book you've written, The Attention Fix, which is why our addiction to technology causes us to feel anxious, stressed and lost. That was the best-selling book of the year in 2021 in Japan across all book categories. <laughs> Japan famously has a lot of technology and up-to-date with absolutely everything. That's incredible. Yeah, that was. I was very surprised. And I was there... Um, in November, the TV programs and stuff like that. It was fantastic. So what, what has that informed you of, the success of your book in Japan? Is that, what has that confirmed and also revealed to you? That these things are very universal. Right. That's um, my main takeaway. We are so, I mean, we are so alike. We look slightly different. Yeah. But, but deep down, we're, we're very, very similar. And these problems that we're facing now in terms of our mental health and in terms of our relationships, Chip to technology and so on they're very universal i also love the way this walking in the mountains clearly helps you with your perspective because you look at things differently so so one thing anders says in his book is not how much exercise do we need how little can we do and it be useful how right. little do we need not how much do we need how little do we need which immediately makes it more accessible to more people and I think also that we should try to avoid using the word exercise because that makes us feel like we have to be one of the sporty types, yep. one of the guys or girls who go who belong to this team, basket team or whatever. Exercise has nothing to do with that. Exercise is something that we as a species have evolved for. Uh, so exercise is something that we should try to build into our lives, such as walking to work, riding your bike to work, walking in stairs instead of taking the elevators. All these things, uh, because as I said before, it's it's natural to be lazy, and we have to sort of um, sm be smarter than our instincts, yeah. build ways around our instincts, and one of them could be to start walking to work. I know we don't like the word exercise, but it it does work, doesn't it? In every single scientific research, it yeah. it alleviates depression by an enormous amount. It does, and. It is as effective as antidepressant medication for mild and moderate depressions. Yeah. And even more so, it protects against depressions. And it's been shown now that just one hour walking a week gives protection against depression. Mm -hmm. More movement gives more protection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's incredibly important for, for stabilizing our... our um, our emotions and 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 giving us sort of a thicker skin against depressions and anxiety. And you talk about breath work as well. I do, yeah. So so if you experienced um, if anxiety, you could use your breathing. Breathe breathe slowly, four minutes of inhale and then six. Sorry, four seconds of inhale and then six 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 uh, seconds of uh, exhale. Yeah, a couple of times. And there's a historic reason for that as well, isn't there? To do it with being chased by animals again, isn't there? I'm not sure what the reason is, but we have. Um, a part of our nervous system that we can't control, the autonomic nervous system, that consists of two different parts, one which is connected to fight and flight and one which is connected to digestion. And when we exhale, uh, we push this autonomic nervous system towards digestion and uh, recovery and sort of be more calm. So, that, so breathing is incredibly important if you experience um, anxiety coming. Yeah, yeah. Depression. Uh, so one in seven men in the Western world are prone to depression more than the other six. But in women, it's one in four. Why, why is that such a huge difference? No one knows. Really? No, yeah, there's been many theories. And one evolutionary theory is that women um, had to be more cautious to danger because they had to take care of the, the child as well. That's, that's speculation. 
Uh, but it's, and, and, and another reason could be that women have to both, they both have to have a career and then at the same time uh, take care of more things domestically, so to speak. So maybe wow. the pressure is higher on them. Vassos. I love this book. I love I love one of the, the the chapters later on in the book, you know, basically forget about happiness. If you just keep searching for happiness, you can't find it. It's like um leprechaun gold. Yeah. I think so. And why is that? Well, that's because most people think of happiness as constant feelings of pleasure, and we are not built that way because being content, feeling pleasure is something that is very very short term. If our ancestors, you know, climbed the tree for where there was bananas and finally got them, how long could they be content after eating them? Well, just a couple of hours maybe. But if you're content for days or months, then you will stop striving and you will die. <laughs> and this is something that we all experience, of course. Uh, you know, every we constantly want more and, and the, the experience of pleasure is very short term. Because so, we change our environment so much, right? via cities, bricks, pyramids, technology, whatever you want, space rockets. Because we've changed it so much, you know, from the chief, without the chief designer's permission, Mother Nature, without her permission, is, is there any way back for us? Because, you know, we used to wake up in the morning having to do certain things to survive. Survival was our playbook in a way. Right. Um, now that we've taken that, we, we've over, we've convenienced that out of our lives to give us more pleasure, the, you know, the pursuit of pleasure. The pursuit of pleasure is not why we were put here. I mean, we can't go back. We've, there are too many cities in the world. There are too many cars. There are too many computers. There are too many whatever. Um, what is this? Are we sort of in our... <laughs> for, is this the curtain call? Is this... Are we bowing out, do you think? No, I, I, absolutely not. But we have... I think we have forgotten about our biology. We have forgotten about our, our brains. And as a... You know, this feeling of, of pleasure is something that should be short term, but we are fooled by advertisement that we should experience it all the time. And if you go on, th if you think that happiness is feeling good all the time, then you will be disappointed right. because we have not built that way. And I just got in, in May, I was in Kenya and lived with hunters and gatherers because we were making a TV program. And they were just awesome. And these were people who lived, they don't have any electricity, no no running water. Uh, there were lions there just a couple of hours before I was there. And I asked them, how many of you have problems sleeping? And they said, well, we had problems last night because there was lions here. And I said, okay, that's fine. But okay, apart from that, none. How many of your children have allergies? None. And then I said to them, in my country, one in eight adults are prescribed medication because they're sad. And they could not understand that. They were like, but you have everything. And I said, yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. So, And we can't go back to that life and you should not romanticize it because that life is hell in many ways. But there's certainly, there are lessons that we can learn from it. And that, those lessons were the ones I wanted to sort of put together in this book. The, the irony of the whole human species thing for me has always been the fact that we're given three things that separate us from any other species. So we're given imagination, we're given memory, and we're given linguistics. Um, and they are three superpowers. They are the three unbelievable superpowers compared to all other species. But they're coming back to bite us because, yeah. you know, uh, memory, because sometimes that's the past hijackers. Imagination gives us fear for the future. 
imagination has also given us the fa the ability to create and invent lots of things that are now going against us as opposed to for us and linguistics can can persuade people via various propaganda to do things that aren't true and to do things that are bad for them not good for them it's strange that our three superpowers that, that gave us the ultimate advantage in the way of coming back to to take us down yeah i, I mean i i agree and I think it all boils down to the fact that these instincts that we have from birth, they helped us survive in a world where there was very little resources and there was where there was imminent danger. And then we use our incredible brains uh, to build a world where we sort of follow these instincts and then we go way too far. We build exercise out of our lives. I don't even have to, you know, with electric scooters uh, and grocery deliveries, we have managed to build all the steps out of our lives it's and then right. we realize that we lost something important on the way yeah and and also they, they could, but they can be taken away from us they can be absolutely I mean, you know if, if there's a worldwide crash of you know digital proportions or there's some kind of world global terrorist digital attack or hack that all goes away whereas if we grow vegetables in our own garden that's a real thing isn't it it's that's like money isn't it because they say that we're now in the world uh, uh, economy of criticism as opposed to capitalism but capitalism was criticism anyway because a piece of paper a pound note or a you know any kind of bank note in a way was credit because it's not re it's not real stuff right so i don't, I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> well, well, and, and and i think about the digital economy the most valuable thing in society today is not pound or euros or yen or bitcoins it's human attention yeah and a number of companies have been incredibly good at grabbing our attention and now we're spending four five hours every day on our phones for teenagers yeah. to six hours and what does that what consequence will it what does it have will it push us other things away we don't move as much we don't sleep as much and we don't meet as much in real life but then the one of one the ones of us that do seem to be almost separating from the ones that don't do you know what i mean by yes, that yes uh, exactly so that's that's the ones who can harness this technology and use it for good for them it's an incredible advantage yeah. but for the ones who just swipe away and let them be led by technology it could be terrible i had a great simple rule the other day if you can teach your children and yourself to produce more than you consume then that's probably a good idea yeah that sounds great i mean um, most people don't do that yeah but that sounds like very good advice even like three three hours of play two hours on screen just keep keep the production the self-production the self-play yeah. the self-creation more than the consumption of other people's creation Yes, but it's very hard. I mean, we there's nothing in nature that has so much calories as candies have. So when we walk into the candy store, our brain says, you have run across the best can the best tree on the savannah. Yeah. Eat everything. Yeah. Protect yourself from starvation. Yeah. And that's what we do. And, and, and then we, we get blamed and shamed. Exactly. But these are, it's very difficult to have candy around. Go, I can't we're going it. against our true nature. Yes, but the, and the, but the point is that did, maybe we should have the same strategy for digital uh, tools maybe we should look upon them as candy you can't have them around all the time yeah. you can't have them in the bedroom because you will not s sleep uh, enough you can't have them in the classroom because you will not focus yeah. these are incredibly powerful stimuli that's hard for the brain to look away from but we are brilliant to coming up with bad ideas because we talked about this last week just briefly on the show you know full and free mobility most children have full and free mobility until they're four and they're sent to school and told to sit down for six hours a day. That is a very, very, very bad idea. It, yes, it is. That's not how we learn. So this we're really bad at loads of things, but we're masquerading as being geniuses at everything.
yes and but if we just learn more about this these things and see them clearer then we can work around these achilles heels in our biology yeah, i think yeah. to learn more about the brain is to set yourself free from the brain because all right give us three things like because we're nearly on time three things to do today to to be happier but not chase happiness I would say one thing, learn more about the brain because this is incredibly fascinating stuff. You will learn more about yourself and then you will find things that you can apply in your life. And what about the whole body brain? Because I'm a big fan of the hell yeah. Well, um, emotions are not just something that sort of floods over us. It's something that the brain creates and it creates it from sensory input, but also from input from the body. So the signals from our body is incredibly important for our, our uh, mental well-being. So the more alive your body is with exercise and good nutrition and sleep and things like that, the better it's a, a, good, a better John Lennon to Paul McCartney's brain body kind of thing. Yeah, that's a great metaphor. You, you can't really separate body and brain. They are yeah. the, the same system. And they were never better together, Lennon McCartney apart were they that, that, they were much better together they were better together yeah. but they, McCartney is still awesome I think yeah he's still awesome interesting talk about McCartney the weekend <laughs> for different reasons um, give us another one what else can we do well then then it is to, to um, learn about the brain number one build exercise into your life okay but don't call it exercise number three limit screen time of course limit screen and, time. And, and do that by creating distance to it I, I would have said number three is Buy your book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that. You can't say that because you're too nice. Okay. You're brilliant. Thank you, Anders. Thank you. My pleasure. Okay. By the way, it's not the only book that Dr. Anders Hansen has written, but it's out now. It's The Happiness Score. Why you're not built for constant happiness and how to find a way through. He's awesome. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>